0: This podcast is brought to you in part by our partner, Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is a free app that allows the user and creator to record and edit their podcast right there from your phone or computer. It also allows you to distribute your podcast across the globe to everyone that wants to listen to it on different distribution networks like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other networks. It has all all your needs and tools all in one-stop shop. So go ahead, please. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and have a great day. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm the one, the only Yankee Cowboy, Tim Wilkins. Today we're going to review the 323 episode of AEW Dynamite. A lot to get through, a lot of bullshit, as I like to say. Tom Fullery, we are two weeks away from the most or a week away at the time of this recording of the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time live in Dallas, Texas, Jerry world, home of the Dallas cowgirls. That's right. Not the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Ladies and gentlemen, we have so much to go through on this episode. Uh, Actually it was a very fast action packed episode from the H E B center in Cedar park, Texas, a, if anyone does not know where the hell that's at, that is a suburb of Austin, Texas, and it, it was actually a really pretty impactful uh, show until it got to the very end, uh, in which I was just bleh at the very end. So let's get to the bottom of it. It's open up. They open up the show. It's obviously it's Wednesday night. You know what that means? CM Punk. They open up the show with CM Punk. Of course, you got to get that rating. Versus FTR, Dax Harwood. Obviously accompanied by his partner, in tag, the greatest tag team of all professional wrestling, FTR, with his tag team car, our partner there, Cash Wheeler. And uh, Cash actually didn't stay at ringside throughout the match. He After they did their intro, which is a homage to the Midnight Express, so that entrance music, uh, Cash returned back to his locker room. Crowd was hot for the very beginning of the pyrotechnics at the beginning of the show. Channing CM Punk, a little bit of great wrestling here uh, at the very beginning. A lot of takedown art, head scissors, uh, a lot of that kind of going on. They, they kept doing a camera angle uh, situation with uh, with the Gun Club or Billy Gunn's kids, which you know there, there's always some kind of afterbirth at AEW, and this is no exception. You will see later on. It was actually uh, just. Really good back and forth wrestling between Dax and CM Punk. Obviously, Hardwood is known for his mustache and his hard hitting and his tag team wrestling. But typical old school wrestling approach came into effect here where you attack a body part, continue working that body part, came into, you know, definitely you can tell both guys had a little bit of deal with on how to, Approach this matchup. How to get each other's moves over effectively without burying each other? Took, you know, um, CM Punk took advantage of the Gun Club, inadvertently distracting Hardwood from ringside. Uh, Punk's chops connected there with the were impactful, but Hardwood's chops are one of the best in the business, and you'll see if you watch that match. Even in another match is how he is, he actually chops really good, and it's uh, it's really nice. Uh, Punk climbed to the top turnbuckle. Dax been up there. Dax was looking to bring uh, Punk back into the ring the hard way. Counter shoved Dax to the mat. Uh, Punk was looking to do a top rope elbow drop at the time there. But Dax wasted no time and shoved Punk crotching him at the top rope there. Dax superplex Punk, which by the way I, I still get nostalgia when I see a superplex done correctly from the top rope. Still one of the best moves ever to watch live when you're watching a wrestling event. Still nostalgia when you watch it on television. Uh, Punk blocked the suplex attempt after they, uh, got back on the mat there. And, uh, believe it or not, Punk suplexed deck over the top rope and down the mat. So that's where you see the appearance of Cash Wheeler come up from the, uh, the, from the back there. Uh. just kind of this is where the match kind of a little bit started to fall apart a little bit because obviously the gun club was there but um, really cool thing you see here at the beginning of this is uh, Punk got his footing on the top rope and hit Dax with a cross body punk transitioned to an anaconda vice but uh Dax escaped there that was a pretty interesting combination a good good sequence of events there they cradle one another for a back and forth falls Uh, Punk attempted to do a rising knee strike in the corner, but uh, Dax countered with a slingshot powerbomb for near fall, which that was impressive to watch. Um, Fans started chanting this is awesome as a typical indie approach. Punk finally got the rising knee strike and went for the GTS, but Dax did a typical counter here. Unlike any other, Counted it with the sharpshooter and Shivani, obviously called Shades of the Hitman. Uh, there's, there's some really just one of those weird things, guys. When you watch a professional wrestler have love and admiration for a guy that's basically paved the way for many of us to do this, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, if it wasn't for Goldberg's kick to the head, he would have made millions of dollars. There's no doubt about that. But the way this match ended, Punk rolled over and transitioned to a deep anaconda vice. And Dax tapped out. And after the match was over, Punk did a motion to his waist like he deserves a championship belt. Uh, There's a little bit of an afterbirth there with the gun club. And that's kind of how that works out. Really good opening matchup. Uh, I'm actually really impressed with how they actually did that. Uh, Didn't really steal anybody's thunder. Didn't do anything wrong. Just kind of how it worked out. Um, next match, like I said, it kind of was impactful. And uh, it's Sting, Darby Allen, and the Hardy Boys. Not the Hardly Boys, the actual Hardy Boys. Versus the Butcher the Blade and uh, Private Party. Accompanied by Andrade, L. I can't speak English, Elidlo. And no disqualification. Tornado, Texas, Tornado tag match. And uh, match didn't even get started. Both guys, all the team, everyone just fighting and just didn't even start ringing. Uh, Andrade, who's not even a component in this matchup, takes off his belt and starts whipping Darby with it. Uh, Butcher picked up uh, Darby and threw him down a flight of stairs. Hardy... Matt Hardy, I should say, was uh, about to hit the side effect on Cassidy, but Mark Quinn came up from behind a low blow. Obviously, Private Party's working heel here. Private Party sent Matt crashing on the side of the stage to a table below. Jeff Hardy set up a ladder in a concourse. This is where it kind of gets really stupid. Uh, Darby and Sting held down Butcher and the Blade on tables. Hardy does a swan tom off a, I would say, a concourse. Um, Easily 15 feet below. Can't tell me that was necessary, but it happened. Um, Cassidy connected with Steel Chair to the state to the Sting, uh, but uh, Sting no sold it. Sting used the Swinger Splash on Party uh, Private Party. Uh, they tried it for Private Party, uh, or what's I'm sorry, uh, I forgot was it Gin and Juice they used or their finisher, and. Uh, but Sting snatched uh, Cassidy out of the way there and used the Scorpion Death Drop, while Matt Hardy used the side effect on the Quinn, and they pinned my heart... or the private party... Yeah, pinned private party. Uh, I, I'm not really impressed with the... the, the high... The, the, the hardcore matches, in a sense, because it really doesn't... Um, just really doesn't see to kind of blossom into anything other than just downright destruction of the body. And uh, it shouldn't have gone down to that. But um, obviously typical AEW style, it's going to have a backstage segment, which FTR is getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone and that the gun club hasn't earned the respect and they'll see them next week. All that does is precurse next week's show which is this wednesday three march 30th and honestly guys i don't understand why ftr is even playing around with these idiots they're they're they're, you know it's no reason for ftr to be working with the gun club and then two days later working with one of the greatest tag teams in professional wrestling as well the Briscoe brothers from ring of honor on their main head show, The Week in the WrestleMania. Doesn't seem to, you know, um, make any lot of sense. But the next match here is the Varsity Blondes of Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. with Julia Hart versus John Moxley and the American Dragon and one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever, Brian Danielson, with accompanied by William Regal, which, by the way, I like what William Regal does here. He's not a pseudo-manager that hangs out at ringside. He joins a commentary booth. Which by the way, if you hear William Regal on the commentary, he is shitting all over. All over Excalibur. All over the time. Okay, so both teams are slugging it out early in the match. For some reason, and this has not been explained yet, why Julia Hart is sitting with her back turned to the ring. Sitting on the ring stairs. Obviously, the storyline is that she had the black mist sprayed in her face by the house of black and she can only see out of one eye. It's not really a good look. Um, a lot of back and forth, a lot of a lot of striking, a lot of a lot of chopping, a lot of striking, a lot of drop kicking. Uh, Griff tagged in by from Pillman. Mox caught Griff off guard there and booted and suplexed Griff. Mox tagged Danielson. A lot of back quick tags. And uh, just a lot of back and forth, quick tags by by, Pil- by by Moxley and Danielson here. And actually, if you watch a lot of the moves that they are doing, they're not doing these moves unsafely. Okay, and I'll bring this in re- to a reason why is my hearts and prayers go to uh, Big E from WWE that suffered a broken neck. Uh, he may not ever wrestle again at this point, based on a guy that really. What was the point of doing a a German suplex on the outside is beyond comprehension, but they didn't have to do it, and they did it. In this situation, uh, Danielson actually does German suplex Brian Pillman, and he lands correctly. Um, The way the match ends is obviously uh, Moxley lands a, a paradigm shift on Garrison and makes Garrison tap out after... A rear naked choke. Um, just after the match is over, Moxley does a promo, putting over himself, uh, Ray, uh, Regal, and Brian Danielson. kind of talking about the new name of the group of those three. It's called the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, Another segment, right after this is over, after they come back from commercial break, is MJF coming in the ring with the chairman, Sean Spears, which, it gets old really fast, you know, with Sean Spears. It it does. And uh, before they start the segment, the ring is surrounded by security guards, and MJF does a really nice segment. And This does a promo, a typical MJF promo. I mean, I don't see anything out of it. The doesn't putting over the Pinnacle at the very end, which the Pinnacle hasn't been a faction, which they doesn't it doesn't explain totally being gone now. It doesn't explain certain things. It it's gonna kind of work its way out. I think the Pinnacle is gonna just be gone here in a little while, get phased out. So the next match that comes back from the commercial break is Jay Lethal, which one of the greatest talents ever to face the ring versus Adam Cole. Um, a lot of shared history with all the guys in this in this contest, too. Uh, just a lot of history, period. Uh, ring of Honor, stuff like that. Cole back Lethal to the corner, began kicking him, doing some strikes. Uh Lethal fought back with some chops. Uh Lethal drop kick Adam Cole right to the face. Lethal drop try to drop kick off the turnbuckle, but Cole dodged it. Uh, and then kind of hit three uh Tope suicidas. Or as I should call this dumbass fucking dives to the outside. Next thing you know, you got three. red dragon comes out or the undisputed era as i like to call them the rest of those guys come out uh just really the match kind of adam cole hits a near fall of his finisher on Jay lethal and just took a lot of the momentum and the steam out of this match and uh And this is where you kind of see the screw job here. Is Lethal attempted the lethal his finisher, lethal injection, but Paul Turner was distracted by Red Dragon. Adam Cole connected with a low blow and then Cole lowered the boom and hit his finisher. And that's where you see you know, they cole finished, you know, one, two, three to Jay Lethal. I get they're trying to put over Adam Cole, but Adam Cole hasn't beaten anybody other than Jay Lethal of any quality talent here. He's lost to uh, Pockets. He's lost to uh, a lot of people. So this is not going to work. It's Not going to work. Um, he, after the match is over, Hangman Adam Page does something of a unique promo talking about the match at the pay-per-view. And kind of just does a stupid segment here at the very end here. And this is where I kind of just go lazy booking 101. AEW, the champion comes out, storms out to the ring here, removes his leather belt and starts whipping Cole uh, the Undisputed Era, a.k.a. Red Dragon. Following numbers get the better of him. Red Dragon and Cole start beating up on Adam Page, and then all of a sudden... Jurassic Express comes out with Christian Cage to even the odds, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Adam Cole steals the AEW world title and walked out of the ring holding over his shoulder. Doesn't make any damn sense. next thing I know after this thing is over, after that match is over, you get a shitty segment here where Tony Schiavone's in the ring with Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti. Um, I'm just going to skip that because it it is just stupid. Same thing with this match. It's a squash match. Uh, It's Red Velvet versus Layla Hirsch. Just back and forth women's match. Holy crap! Red Velvet actually hits a springboard moonsault and lands it, and doesn't botch it. It's impressive enough as that is. Um, just tired of the. I'm just tired of the storyline stuff. And then uh, this is where I really get pissed off at AEW. It's pretty much from there on the rest of the show here. They, do, they knew AEW Women's Champion Thunder Rosa was doing a segment with Tony Schiavone. Then all of a sudden, Vickie Guerrero does the do youth. Excuse me. Excuse me. Crap. All of a sudden, the Native Beast, Nyla Rose, attacks her from behind. And I'm sorry to say this, but why are they doing the Nyla Rose attack the champion thing again when it's already been She's not good. She's not good in the ring. She's terrible. She's terrible in the ring. It's a waste of time. And I don't know why Tony Khan is putting her into a situation when you got, really? Who you got in this situation? You have Serena Deeb, Mercedes Martinez, way better women's wrestlers that can put on a better match, and this is going to happen for the next two and a half, three weeks. Terrible idea by Tony Khan here. Terrible idea. Oh, it couldn't be worse as the main event here, which fell flat. Well, flat in its face. This main event sucked. It was the Jericho Appreciation Society. Versus the Dark Order. Johnny Huggy. Alex Reynolds. It's just terrible fucking match, dude. Just fucking terrible. I gave it four fucking thumbs down. It was terrible. Terrible way to end a show. You guys can go back and watch it if you really want to. I'm not going to even talk about the, the, the abilities here. It's just, I'm just tired of Tony Khan's booking, and he has all this talent in front of his face, and he can't book these guys to have meaningful storylines that last longer. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a good rest of your day. This is Tim Wilkins signing out.